And today, June 5th, is 50 days after Christ's death and resurrection. And it's Pentecost Sunday. And so we celebrate the Lord for his gift of the Holy Spirit that guides our every step, that, that walks every step with us, that helps us be completely satisfied in Jesus, our helper. And so we give Lord praise for the Holy Spirit today. And from that, the church, the church was birthed because of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And I want to challenge you today as Oakton people and the church, are, are we building and growing the church because of the Holy Spirit's direction in our life? We celebrated uh, so, uh, Promotion Sunday today and to see the kids coming up and coming up and growing up in the Lord this morning. But how are we reaching out to the world? How are the results of the Holy Spirit as the church was established? Now, we're already established, but are we growing? Are we planting new churches? Are we, are we doing thing, the things of God like the early church did? That's what Pentecostal Sunday is. We're recognizing and remembering those things. But for all this to happen today, we must operate in God's perfected love. And that's the title of the sermon today. And, and I really want to focus on 1 John 4.18 because I don't know if I'm going to have time to go through everything. And I want to talk about this one. But the Lord has really laid this scripture on my heart that there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. Jesus has, been, has satisfied God. There's no longer punishment. So why do we fear? And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. So really what that's meaning today, the unsaved is the only ones that haven't been perfected in love. And so if you're unsaved today here, then you need to be fearful. Because if Jesus came back, then you're not going with him. And to be blunt, you'll be going to hell. And that's your decision, not God's. Because Jesus was sent to satisfy. But, but we need to be perfected in this love. And we are perfected in this love by believing Jesus at salvation. John 16 says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So we see by believing we walk in perfect love. By just confessing Jesus is Lord, putting our faith in him, then we are walking in that perfect love. In Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe, you getting the believe here? John 3, 16, believe. We're over here in Romans 10, 9 and 10, believe in your heart. In other words, go from a mind knowledge to in other words, a head knowledge to a heart knowledge, and you accept the love of God, you accept the forgiveness of sins, and you're abiding in his love, his completeness. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, Made righteous, and with the mouth one confesses is saved. So we can walk in that and, and be adopted into that perfect love through salvation. And believe means to put our faith in God 
through salvation. Faith is a complete confidence in God. So we're seeing that working that you believe and then faith will enter in. And so when we believe, faith is activated in our life. Romans 10, 9 and 10 said, when you believe, that faith is activated and you are saved. You are justified. Perfected belief is God's love for us. And it continually builds our faith. But it comes when we believe. I hear it so many times when we're struggling, and I'm guilty of it. Man, Landon, just have more faith. Erica, just just have some faith. You already got it when you believed. You don't need to work on the faith side. You need to be working on the belief side. Hear me out today. Every scripture we read about salvation said just believe. Believe. When we believe, we are given a measure of faith. Romans 12, 3 says, God has assigned you a measure of faith. So at salvation, we are given a measure of faith. And the reason I want you to really hear this is Jesus says the faith we are given will move mountains. And this is where I'm moving in. We, we at salvation are perfected in God's love, but we need to walk in it. We need to believe what the word says. The faith is there. It has been given to you. And we just need to believe it. And when we believe it, we have faith that will move mountains. Jesus' own words. Faith as small as a mustard seed will move a mountain. How many of you got a mountain in, my li- in your life today? I do. My brother needs a miracle in his life. And only God can move mountains. Do you believe? Compton's, I know you believe that Jesus was raised from the dead and that Margaret's with God. That's faith. We're confident in that today. But that's a miracle. She was raised from the dead. Do you believe today? You see, what concerns me, and and I'm not talking about anybody that that has passed lately, but I see in the world so many times that that people only depend on God when it comes to death. And so when we're, we're ready to die, we're wanting to get things right. When walking in this abundant love is getting it right now and saying, God, here I am. I want you all now. I want to believe for miracles that will move mountains now. I know you're going to raise me from the dead when I die. But Father, I want you to use me to raise the dead now. Do you believe? Do you believe? 
We all have faith. So are we moving mountains in our lives? I want to give you an example of, of, of why this is so important. That, that faith and believing work together. And, and I was thinking about a team of horses. When a team of horses, and I'm going to call them faith, horse number one, and belief, horse number two, when they're working together, they can move mountains. But when you have horse number one, faith, because faith's always there, and you got horse number two that it turns into unbelief, when we begin to listen to the world, oh, that, you know, this document says this. And our belief starts turning to unbelief, it starts working against our faith. And so you got a tug of war going on with faith and unbelief. And it shouldn't be that way. So we need to be like the man when Jesus came to in Mark chapter 8, I believe. I'm kind of pushing a little bit here, but... But Jesus, the man came to him, his son was, had a demon, and, and he needed delivered, and, and, and he came to Jesus, and they went through it, and, and I think I got the scripture up there, but, but um, he came to Jesus, and Jesus said, just believe. And you guys remember his famous words, I believe, but help my unbelief. Because he had the faith, but his unbelief was winning the battle so if your unbelief is winning the battle of faith then we need to press into the things of God by shutting the stinking TV off because it just plants negative stuff in your life and I'm talking to me too my wife's going to go amen preach it but just watching Fox News is a good thing we think but it, it, it works against my Belief. Because you watch the news, what I believe doesn't look like it's happening. And so it causes unbelief. And we get the pulling against. Now, I'm not telling you to watch the news. We need to know what's going on. But we believe documents more than the word of God. We believe institutions more than God. And when we do that, unbelief comes in and we're pulling against each other. Show the slide of the truck. I, this one here, the Lord really put on my heart here today. Think about that. These two Mack trucks could not pull that machine to move the mountain behind them unless they work together. So truck one is faith. Truck two is belief. When we're working together, we will move mountains. We're not getting it, are we? We need to get this. Lord, show me in the last days, guys, if we don't get this, we're in trouble. Because this world's not going the direction we like or we're wanting to see it go right now anyway. And, and I need Jesus. Wisdom, knowledge, I need the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And when these other things are taking that time away to learn more about that and to move closer to God, we need to readjust. Because if the Bible says that we don't believe it, unbelief is pulling against our faith. You get me today? So if you read something in the Bible 
and you're having trouble swallowing that, then you need to work on your unbelief because it's pulled against your face. And guys, a lot of times miracles don't happen in our life because of unbelief. When God has been satisfied, why can we accept that Jesus forgives us of our sins? We all have accepted that as salvation. We've all accepted that Jesus will raise us from the dead when we die. Why don't we believe Jesus can heal us now? Because by his stripes we have been healed. If you don't believe that, maybe you need to work on your unbelief. I'm not trying to be mean today. I'm talking to me. Last night when I was working on this, I've been praying all week, and the Lord goes, I want you to fast this until church service is over. I thought, God, why? (laughs) I don't want to do that. But I was obedient. It wasn't to bring me in the line. It was to bring my flesh in the line to God. Because my flesh wants to do worldly things, but my spirit wants to move closer to the Lord. But do we want to work together, faith and belief? Or do we want to fight the spirit within? A lot of us aren't satisfied because there's a fight within. You got a power struggle going on in your life. And that's the next slide. We look like this truck. We're hooked up. We got faith on one side. And unbelief on the other side, and, and we're not gaining ground. Have you guys seen them videos where them trucks will just floor it? And they're all over the place. Now, I will admit, the GMCs always outpull the other ones. But, but no, I had to put that plug in for my Ford guys that are found on the road dead. But, but anyhow, just kidding. But see, unbelief. I heard a deal the other day that said 85% of Americans claim to be Christians, meaning they all are teamed with faith and belief. They've accepted Jesus. 85% of America confesses that. 85% of America is working together to move mountains, right? Most of us would probably agree that 85% of America, faith and belief, aren't pulling together. Our politics are a mess. Our denominations are a mess. Because you got discord, if you will. If we were really seeking the Lord, I, I think it, it just blesses me when I'm praying for the service and I know the praise team is, and when they sing a song that lines up with the word that precisely, God takes the same direction when we're praying together. Well, if America's praying together, we may get to that center point in a different way, but we're going to get to the center. I don't see that in America. So that tells me that, that maybe the church is operating or the Christians are operating in some unbelief. That that we have the faith, but we really don't believe that that party can change or that organization can change, that we'll never be able to work together. 
Guys, we need to operate and walk into this, this perfected love. If the perfected love of Christ satisfies all things. There is no fear in love. Fear that will perish on judgment day. We have no fear of that. We should have no fear of worldly trials and tribulations because we're beliefs pulling with our faith. Because perfect love casts out all fear. Fear not, God's love will bring you through when faith and belief are pulling together. Do you notice for fear has to do with punishment or being disconnected? Well, if you really believe you're a child of God, then you shouldn't believe that God's going to punish you if he's forgiven you for your sins. So why would God put this disease on you? I hate it when Christians say, I've been blessed with this disease. Come on. Why does God punish us? He doesn't. He may allow trials and tribulations, but he doesn't do it. We have the abundant, perfected love of God on our side to work through any trial and tribulation when our faith and our beliefs are pulling together. And whoever fears not has not perfected, is not perfected in love. So that's either saying you're not saved or you're saved and you're walking in unbelief. Because if you're fearing here today, that's not God's will for your life. And so I don't want to put this as too heavy. There's things that I fear if the the tornado sirens would go off now, fear would right off, but then I'd get a hold of it. Because God's love casts out all fear. So when a car pulls out in front of me and I about hit him, fear hits me until I call out Jesus' name, maybe. But we shouldn't be walking in fear and trembling because punishment's not from God. I think that's why the disciples were so effective and the apostles were so effective in the early church because they knew if anything happened to them, they were going straight to the throne. They were going to be with God, so they operated and moved for God knowing that nothing would keep them from the love of God. But we get to loving our institutions more, and, and we don't want to give them up. If we begin to think this world's better than heaven, we're, we're really walking in unbelief. But we need to walk in this perfected love. This is key. If a believer is living in anxiety and fear, then they have not been perfected in love, meaning they don't really believe God loves them. If we're walking in fear and unbelief, we need to say, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. We're not lacking anything. God has given us faith. God has given us the fruit and the gifts of the Spirit. Faith is one of them. They're there. 
We just need to believe. So faith and believing pulling together. And I just want to read 1 John 4 because you see that, that, that John is really before in chapter 3, he's talking about faith and belief pulling together. And I may jump back if we have time to chapter 3, but, but the first thing he says in 1 John 4 to, to for faith and belief to operate in this abundant love, we need to test the spirits. You know, what spirits are pulling against us? You know, I shared with Joe today, this is really in my gut. And this is really in me, and I'm trying to decide if it's from God or not. And I didn't say it this way. I didn't say, Joe, help me test the spirits. But I did say, Joe, show me scriptures. Pray about this and let me know what the Lord is telling you. We're testing the spirit. We're trying to see what God would have for our life. And he will. That's what you said, Joe. He will show me. I didn't know I was going to preach today, but that worked right in there. So we need to test the spirit. When, when the spirit of fear comes over us, we need to test it and see what's driving it. And fear's not from God, so we need to operate in his love, power, and a sound mind. But test the spirits. Because evil spirits try to divide you and cause unbelief. Whereas God's spirit's going to pull you into love. And that's what this is saying here. If it's not building the kingdom, if it's not building love, then it's probably not from God. So let's read it here. Beloved, that's you, perfected in abundant, perfected love. You, believers, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this time, you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. That ought to be a red flag there. If somebody will not say that Jesus is the Son of God, you get that all over. You know, you watch a football player score nowadays and they point to God. Everybody just thinks they're pointing to Jesus. Well, they could be a Mormon or they could, or, or they could be a Muslim. They could be whatever. They could be a Jew, God. We need to test the spirits. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess, believe Jesus is not, or believe, that just, I added that in there, confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. This is why we need faith and belief operating together, because guys, the Antichrist is working to kill the church today. The Antichrist is working to kill America, if you will. And so we need faith and belief operating together, and we need to recognize these spirits that are attacking our government and quit criticizing the president and start praying for him. No amens on that? That means you're all praying for him, right? It's hard sometimes, but, but that's that perfected love, that we can pray for somebody we don't agree with. Instead of hate them. You need to test that spirit. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them, meaning the over evil spirits. For he is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Get that. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Perfected love. No trial, no tribulation. Nothing's going to separate you from the love of God. 
God's put a hedge about you. Five, they are from the world, therefore speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. However, whoever knows God listens to us, and whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Guys, the Holy Spirit, again, we're celebrating Pentecost, will teach us all things and remind us of all things. He's our helper. John 14, 26, be filled with the Spirit. Renew yourself in the Lord daily. Two is that we need to love our brethren. This one here really gets me because a lot of uh, attacks against our church, and I've seen it working today. Better shut up now. But working against our faith and belief is pulling together as a church today is a fence. Yeah. Seen it twice today already. We get offended over the pettiest things, and all it does is break down our belief and our faith to work together. That's what the enemy's doing. Test the spirits. When you get mad about something that happens in children's church or youth or, or something I say, test the spirit. Because the Spirit doesn't want us pulling together. If we're not pulling together, then we're not going to see healings. We're not going to see miracles. We're not going to see God moving. So it despises me when people come trying to lift themselves up and run somebody else down. That offends me, and i got to pray through that. Guys, we can get over this pettiness. So we can be the church God has called us to be. And guys, I always say, Oakton, you're the best. But I don't want to be good. I want to be great in the Lord. But these petty things. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God and everyone that loves has been born of God and knows God. God is, is a response And his solution is love. And if we handle it in any other way, then we're out of order. You need to test that spirit. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him in this love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, in other words, mercy seat for our sins. Jesus satisfied the Lord. This is, you notice how many times he calls us beloved? If you look up that word, what that means there, it's unbelievable. That's an honor. Beloved. Three times so far in the scripture. If God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Now, I want to read into that a little bit, but, but we may not see God one-on-one, but we can see God operating through you and the way you treat others and the way you respond to others. The outpouring that the Compton's family receives and, and the, the, the uh, Crabtree family received and, and families receive when they're going through times is a blessing. It's an act of God, and I see God moving through those times. 
By the way, if you want to be a part of that, call Julie Bosley if you want to bring something for the meal tomorrow or help out in any way. The funeral's here at 11 o'clock, visitation at 10, dinner to follow. But we see God operating in our actions. We saw that today through Promotion Sunday. God operating through our actions. And I could go on and on about that. 13, by this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given of his spirit, that Holy Spirit again, that's Pentecost Sunday, and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. So we got the Son that satisfies God. We've been sent the Spirit. We have faith, belief. So we have come to know and believe, there it is, the love that God has for us. So we get this today, it's back to belief. So when somebody comes to you with a problem or you're struggling with something, we don't get caught up and say, I just need more faith. No, you need more belief. You need to press into the God and get rid of the unbelief. When somebody comes to us, this is a good example. If Joe would come to me today and say, Pastor Kent, uh, I've, I've got this going on in my life and it hurts and it's bad. And, and my response is, Joe, have you been to the doctor? Or Joe, have you done this? When our reaction should be, let me pray for you, Joe, because God set us free from these things. And I'm not saying you can't go to the doctor, but I'm saying you go to God first. And you, you respond in love that, that you care about him and his situation more than you making the ball game or, or going where you're going. God always seems to work that out when you take the time. The other day I was rushing to an appointment and, and, and I was behind and I was just barely going to make it and it was pouring down rain and I saw this kid walking down the road and, and, and my spirit said, pick him up and take him where he's going. My unbelief and my lack of love for that person said, I'm late for the meeting. Plus, McDonald's is right there, and that store's right there. He'll be down out of the rain in 10 steps. So I went on, and the Spirit began to nudge me more. So I did a Yui and turned back, and it was less than a minute later, and the kid had disappeared. I wondered if it was an angel sometimes. Because I was watching, and then when I turned around, he was gone. And he may have walked into McDonald's, he may have walked into there, but, but it makes me wonder sometimes because the scripture says sometimes you've entertained angels. We need to look for opportunities to, to press in love on our brother more than anything else. That's abiding in his love. Where am I at? Knows and believes, verse 16. So we have come to know and believe that the love that God has for us. God is love and whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. This is perfected love. It's what we should be. By this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence. Get that confidence for the day of judgment because he is also are we, are we in this world? So Jesus has been gone through what we have gone, are going through. We can be confident, not only at judgment, but we can be confident in all situations 
when our faith and belief are operating as one. Verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must love his brother. That takes us into that confidence or condemnation. I think we lack confidence a lot, a lot of time is because we've operated in unbelief and have pulled against the flesh and, or the faith and the spirit so much that we've experienced condemnation. And we need to be careful that we easily take offense like I was talking about. We're fighting, we're bickering, this judgmental attitude. These, it's, it's lack of confidence in who we are in Christ. If... if, if if Carrie comes up to me and says, Pastor, I don't agree with what you're saying today, that doesn't destroy me. I can still be confident in who I am in Christ. But when we put our confidence in being accepted by everybody, we allow a door for condemnation to open up. The Lord really put this on my heart, but we create all of the, or I don't want to say all, but most all of the offenses in our lives because we can't abide in God's love. They offended me because you couldn't abide in God's love. God's love forgives. Well, they shot my kid. Well, God's love forgives. If God was satisfied through the blood, why can't we be satisfied when a person truly repents? But we, we create our offense a lot of times. Actually, I think all the time because we can be offended or we can push it away. So you're creating it when you take it. James 4.1, you desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you don't ask the one that loves you, the perfected lover God. When we're walking in condemnation, this stops belief and faith in its tracks. The reason we need to cast down offenses and hatred towards our brothers and sisters, first off, it's not God's perfect will. But second, the Lord really put this on, our, on my mind. If we're carrying around offenses or hatred towards others, it makes us hard for us to believe God isn't offended with us. Have you ever thought about it that way? Maybe we carry offenses because we really don't believe God can forgive us. Hmm. That's a tricky one, isn't it? It'll be hard for me to believe God when I offended him when I can't love those that offended me. So if we're not acting like God, whether we realize it or not, we pick that up in our spirit and it causes unbelief. 
So if I cannot love my brother or sister, how can I allow God to love me? And I went to Matthew 6.15 when Christ said, If you don't forgive others their trespasses, neither will you, your Father, forgive your trespasses. And I thought, boy, that opens another one up. But forgiveness or unforgiveness is what divides. That's the problem with our nation is unforgiveness and offense. But we had to take it and we had to desire not to forgive. I don't know. Maybe I'm talking too much today. But Oakton, for us to be the church God has called us to be, we must perfect love in each one of us. Meaning, the song we opened up today, Lord, I've, I feel your love. I feel it. I just want all of you. I want more of you than anything else. And I think I've said this, but condemnation not being perfected in God's love for us allows condemnation in our lives and condemnations open the doors for the enemy to harass us through fear and worries. That's what condemnation just multiplies. We better stop. I want to go to 1 John 3.19, but, but I don't want to lose you today. Let's just read the scripture, and I'll try not to elaborate, and that'll help some. By this we all, this is 1 John 3, 19 through 24. John was confronting this condemnation thing in the church, and, and he was trying to, to help them. And he goes on, he says this, By this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our hearts before him. For who, whenever our hearts condemn us, and he goes on to say, uh, God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And that's where God casts out all fears. And so John's already approaching that and building into that. And whatever we receive from him, deliverance from sin, healing from sickness, wisdom for problems, direction for life, on and on and on, it's because... He loves us, in the scripture, back to scripture, because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. In other words, our belief and faith are working together. This is the key, is obeying his commandments. In other words, God, I want more of you. Obey his commandments. Why? Because he loves you. 23, and this is his commandment that we believe in the name of Jesus his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded. Whoever keeps his commandment abides in God and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. And so we see in the scripture here that not allowing condemnation in our lives or allowing condemnation in our lives will open that door for fear and worries. Condemnation is not from God, Romans 8, 1. Therefore, thou is no condemnation in Christ, period. So why do we allow condemnation in? We say, I don't have enough faith or my sin has caused God to stop listening to me. That's not, com that's not from God. Allowing these thoughts into our lives is not understanding God's perfect, perfected love for us. Again, we, 
We need to believe God loves us regardless of what life deals us. This will cast out all fears. So if the praise team would come forward, and we'll, we'll, we'll do some all the time here, but point four, our duty as believers. One, believe when we fall short, God still loves us. Two, I no longer desire to fall short. I want all of God. And three, we operate in faith and belief. And I'll preach on that another day. Point five, the duty of the church is to operate in God's perfect love towards all people. We no longer tell those struggling to have faith. We help them with their unbelief. We, we come around them, as, as Matthew 18, 19 says, the prayer of two is strong. We pray for them and stand together in the things of God. We all have mountains that need mood. Let's don't talk about it. Let's come together as a congregation and press into these things. When they come to you, immediately stand in belief and faith together so that we can bring them through in Jesus' name. So today, the altar call is perfected love starts at salvation. If you're not saved today and you want God satisfied, then come and receive Jesus as your Lord and operate in that uh, perfected love that, that you are made righteous, that you can walk before God. And it's not just to satisfy death. Yeah, if I die after I'm saved, I'll go to heaven. That's a good thing. But we can walk and have an abundant life now when we're faith is pulling with our belief. So believers, again, when we fall short, God still loves you. We just need to desire not to want to fall short any longer and start putting faith and belief together. Guys, I know people are fighting condemnation today. I know they're fighting offenses today. I know you've opened doors up because the Lord has showed me that you need to close. And the only way to close them is to simply say, Lord, forgive me of this. And the Lord immediately forgives you and you just operate in his love and let him heal your life. Put faith and belief working together to overcome an obstacle, affair, and anxieties in your life. Because we do have mountains to move and then we need Jesus. And we need each other's love to complete it. So what do you need from the Lord today? He's got perfected love for you. Let's stand to our feet today and the Holy Spirit has been ministering to you today and I challenge you not to sit on it, but to deal with it. Even if you need to turn around in your seat to deal with it. But I challenge you to come to these altars and be set free in Jesus' name. But Father, minister to the body today. And Lord, let us do what our words sang earlier, Lord, that, that we understand your love. And now we want all of you, Lord, let us run to you in all things. Father, let us make you number one priority in all things. And Father, as we come to pray for mountains, does it need removed? Fears and anxieties that need to be ceased? Father, we know by your Holy Spirit that they're set free and we claim it ahead of time. In Jesus' name, amen. Please come today.